Now she clearly saw me pick that thing up. But you put it down. But why was she not interested until I put it down and she swooped in? I was going to buy that. No. No, you weren't. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mm -hmm. So come on in and put all those bags down from your shopping of Black Friday, and let's get into where we talk about how to know when your internal programming is on the fritz. Uh Uh-huh. Come on, stay with me. I'm going to see you on the flip. The part that we just got through talking about is a scenario where I have been with family members who are star shoppers. I admit that that is not my superpower, but my siblings that I have gone shopping with, they love to, as I like to call it, they love to rub and touch on everything in the store before they make a decision. Me, on the other hand, I want to be able to have researched it online and gone in. And if I haven't, I usually will look around. And if there's not an obvious choice, I'll walk right back out of the store. I know that's not your usual, but hey, that's my life. But with the the people that I've talked to, this scenario has happened quite often. And I've actually asked them, why is it that when you get into a store and when you are in your shopping zone, you get snappy, short, and you get paranoid? And they're like, I'm not being paranoid. I am just being very savvy. And I'm like, okay, well then, you know what? Just put every, if you touch it, put it in your basket. And that doesn't help because then I end up carrying a basket for all the stuff that they put in that overflows from the from their basket. But anyway, I wanted to just talk real quick because today um, is our uh, man-made holiday of Black Friday that took off a few years back, maybe about a decade or so, and has burgeoned into this big event. And I don't like to be out in the hot black holiday shopping, Um, but then they got folks like me. So if we don't want to do it, they sure do get us on Monday with Cyber Monday. But it just got me to thinking about some of the uh, situations that occur. I was going to look at this as, you know, happy retail athletics day (laughs) or something like that, but I'm not going to be that cruel or, or, um, snippish about it. But what I will say is it got me to looking at some of the wisdom smacks that I've had to learn over the years. And so I want to just talk with you to to give you a little heads up on things you can look for to see when your internal programming is on the fritz. And when I say on the fritz, I'm not saying that you are misfiring or or, uh, having a deficiency. I'm just saying that maybe you are going unchecked and maybe you are being triggered. That's what I'm going to say. The first thing is, and this is not all about retail, although we could make an entire episode about irrationality uh, when it comes to retail. But I will talk about this. Have you ever wondered why in cap sales or highlights are so popular? Well, let me let me just say this. In uh, Dr. Dan uh, Arelli's book, Predictably Irrational, he gives a lot of examples about how we as people become very cognitively committed to cognitive illusions. He has this thing that I 
I found was very interesting. And this book came out a few years, well, a little over a decade ago, and he's a uh, college professor. Um, and what he did was, is he did a lot of research and he looked at optical illusions. He turned tables, different angles and asked people if the tables were the same size. They actually were, but looking at them from different angles, they appeared to be different sizes. And he even did something in a, um, a presentation that I saw where he was able to take the, the, lengths of the tables, line them up to show people that they were the same. And then when he clicked off of the links and the tables were remaining in the original position, he said, and this is how predictably irrational we are, that even when something is proven to us that it is a su- such a way, when we take away that obvious proof or that obvious illustration of the proof, we tend to go right back into what our quote unquote lying eyes uh, show us. And so I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so true. So let's talk about these end caps uh, because this is a, a cognitive illusion that gets us to become cognitively committed. So end caps in retail stores, just like eye level shelves are prime real estate property. And they are also prime real estate property for the stores when the stores want to move a certain product. And so if, for instance, um, they can get you to believe in scarcity, they can put something on an end cap and they can say clearance and things that were nowhere ever going to be on your list of things to pick up from that store. You're going to pick up maybe one if you are like, hmm, that's interesting. Or you might be like the rest of us and be like, oh my gosh, it's on clearance. Well, let me go on and get five of them. (laughs) And now they've gotten you because they simply put things on an end cap. Remember the location. And then they put a sign up that said clearance. And we're not going to even talk about the color of the sign because that color is going to be somewhere in the yellowish, tomatoey, red or orange spectrum to uh, give you or trigger in your mind a desire for uh, for satiability. So like, have you ever wondered when you go to a lot of restaurants, they love to use, I used to call it the um, McDonald's red, but prior to McDonald's coming on the scene, uh, it was noted that a lot of Asian restaurants in the U.S. had been using this color. And there used to be this saying was, uh, you know, like Chinese food, you eat it and then you're hungry afterwards. That's not the case, but it was prevalent during that time. And they found, I think it was the Pantone company or somebody like that, found that when they did research that when you use this yellowish, tomatoey, red color, it tells the brain that you're not finished and you have an insatiability and you want more. And so they were like, it wasn't the food. It was the color. It was that cognitive illusion tricking us. And so when I talk about our internal programming being on the fritz, I'm talking about it's on the fritz because it is programmed to do some weird stuff. Like I've talked about saccadic 
uh, masking before on a previous podcast. And saccadic ra- uh, masking is a trick that our eyes do so that, say, for instance, you're in a car or you're moving and you're just looking out at the landscape. On a stack of Bibles, you would probably say, yeah, I saw everything. You know, if you're usually visually, you know, able to see things, you're like, yeah, I saw everything. And if we were to have you do that for an entire day, just looking out the window, say, for instance, you're on a train ride and you have a lot of time to just look out the window, they would be able to prove to you that you had blindness for about two hours out of your 24-hour span of being able to look out that window. And it is because our eyes will catch a snapshot of something and they will capture a next one, kind of like a panoramic camera, will capture a lot of different frames and then sew them together. And our brains are so quick, so so good at this, that when they sew them together, we actually think we've seen everything when you haven't. That is why a lot of people have car accidents and they will honestly say, no, I did not see them coming. No, I did not see the light change or no, or whatever it is. And they're telling the truth, even if it was really there. And so that's that's another thing. Um, But I just wanted to kind of bring that out uh, from the onset because it's tricky out here in these streets. And when we go out, we have to become a little more aware, even though we're still going to probably be very irrational. And they're probably going to still be able to do these things because they've studied us enough. Do y'all realize that there is an entire sector of uh, education in the uh, psychological uh, area that deals with nothing but consumer behavior. It deals with just not even the behavior, but it goes down to where uh, the brain lights up when you're shopping or when you are perceiving something of scarcity, of um, of uh, depletion, of uh, survival. Yes, a lot of the stuff that's happening, and you you probably know most of what I'm saying right now. I just wanted to give us a good setup so that we can get into this programming on the fritz and, and how we contribute to this. Because we can't just blame it on re- retailers putting things on the end cap. Oh, and that also swings on the other side. So you can be in a store um, that is uh, like a clothing store. And most people who are great shoppers, they understand the lay of the land. And they understand that when you go into a uh, shopping place, that a lot of times they will put the the newest things in the front. Those things are are made to, to bring you in. And they will put the things that are on sale in the back. And that is not because they want you to get the bargain. They want to give you um, a paradox of choice for the bargain by the time you get to the back. Now, the savvy shoppers make a beeline to the back and then they work their way back up front. But But for the regular person who is going to browse and look at stuff along the way, 
by the time you get to the back <laughs> and and I'm laughing because oh my gosh those places are enough to make people just want to run for the hills because people are going to be picking over them and there are a lot of times when I'll look at something that's on clearance and I, I can't stop myself from thinking how many grimy little hands have been on this piece of material that it has been rejected this many times to end up here you know and I'm I don't want to say that everything on clearance has been rejected I, but I am going to say that it 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 had time and a reason to make it from the front of the store when it first got there to the back of the store now just saying um but Going through that, they depend on a paradox of choice um, in that they give you all of these different uh, uh, suggestions and you would think it would paralyze us. But instead, when you are in the shopping mode, more is better. And so when you have a paradox of choice and you've got all this stuff, remember I talked about the family member with all the stuff in the buggy, nine times out of 10, they buy most of the stuff in the buggy. Yes. Instead of getting the one thing that's the best. And it, it, it used to uh, be like, of course, but now looking at it, uh, hopefully with a little more objectivity, because, you know, you, we're never going to be able to be totally objective. It stands out like a, oh my gosh, our rationality is in compromise. We have some internal programming issues that are on the fritz. Um, so what I, when I look at the the whole man-made holidays of uh, Valentine's Day and uh, 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 what do you call it? I'm, I'm sorry, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And you know, not for nothing, we can look at the commercialization of all of our holidays uh, that we that we celebrate and and people can find ways to get you into that predictably irrational loop with their savvy. And I'm going to tell you that, like I said, they do certain things that you're not aware of. And I have only touched the tippy tippy top of the surface with some of the stuff that happens. But and and like I said, we're talking about Dan, um, uh, Dr. Dan and his book, Predictably Irrational, he even noted, he was like, I can show you how the sausage is made and I can, and you will still return to your irrationality about it as soon as I leave or I take my little charts and my little ways of telling you what's going on. And just like I said, I can tell you what the end cap does and not for nothing. The end cap doesn't have to just be for items that they want to get rid of or they want you to buy. Those end caps can be used for items to be subconsciously put in to the back of your mind so that when you are going through the store, they're either ever in your in, in your periphery or you got to pass by them so many times that you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll just go on and get it. Because by the time you've passed by them six, seven times, which is very easy in a grocery store, you'll be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, just give me that huge uh thing of pickles. Yeah. We'll, you'll, we'll eat it. It's vinegar. It won't go bad, you know, that kind of thing. And so they know what they're doing. So, but why is it that we are so susceptible to these things? And how is it that we're able to catch ourselves when we find that we're falling for, you know, the okie doke and all of this. And today I just want to quickly talk about 
the hypers and the little kids at at in charge okay so for for one when we are behaving irrationally and let me just say this we don't have to even go out of our homes now i will raise my hand and say that i am the one uh that um is really uh guilty of this and that is when I am shopping online, Amazon, Amazon, oh my God, I got to, and I start putting so many things in my cart and I'm just like, Michelle, you are doing the same thing that you accuse your family members of doing in person. It is no different. I realize that I have got this hypervigilance about me of putting everything that I would think that I want in the cart and then everything gets in the card and I have to decide which ones to take away. And when I'm in that hypervigilance, it is part of the irrationality that might be triggered by something that a lot of us are not willing or knowingly able to deduce down to. And that is our, what we would call our inner child. So now, if you're familiar with the inner child concept in, in therapy, just bear with me while I, I, I talk a little bit about it. And if not, listen up, because this is going to help you quite a bit. And you need to realize that if you are doing a lot of the, the stuff that I just talked about, this is called the mine syndrome. It's all mine, 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 mine. <laughs> you know how you have little kids where you try to ha- have them have play dates and one is supplying the toys and every time someone picks up a toy they go and they snatch and they say mine (laughs) you know and they abandon what they were playing with um because they want what you're having it's the same kind of thing at work and so one of the big culprits that we have to be aware of when we're behaving irrationally or when we can't even um logically justify why is it that I'm behaving this way? Usually you need to go and check out your inner child because your inner child is in the the driver's seat. And when you like, especially if you feel yourself overreacting or even if you get triggered, have you ever gotten triggered by somebody and you don't know why? You're Or this is the famous one. Well, why are you so snappy with that person? They're nice to you. And you say things like, I don't know. I just don't like them. It's probably your inner child working. And that inner child is that part of us that is part of the primal brain. It is part of the survival, feast or famine, uh, fight or flee. Uh, It is connected to that part of our decision making. It is part of our emotional makeup, our passion, um, what makes us active. And it is never going to leave. Some people always say, well, I want to grow my inner child up. No, you don't because you need that part of yourself. We have just collectively called it the inner child so that most people get a good snapshot of what we're dealing with. And yes, it is definitely connected to our ego, to our deficiencies, um, and to what makes us uniquely us as kids. And that's the reason why we call it the inner child. Uh, Most of the times, if you want to know what your inner child is, what were you uh, 
normally schooled on or trained to subdue in your formative years around preschool and kindergarten. There was a famous book that came out many years ago uh, with the title of something like Everything I Ever Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And that book was a big deal back at that time. But then I think it was maybe 20 years later, someone came out and said that everything that you quote unquote learned in kindergarten stripped away your uh, ability to be uniquely you. And they uh, postulated that what we do when we try to make us all live in a societal um, way of, 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 of how we have manners is that a lot of times we subdue that inner child and thus that inner child always is peeking its head out at any moment that it can unchecked in adults. I mean, I have seen grown men. And when I say grown, I'm talking about way, way grown, gray hair grown, reduced to their inner child at a um, ticket encounter for an um, an airline when uh, there was a mechanical that happened um, for the plane. And oh my gosh, yes, they were thinking that they were being very rational because what they're saying is, is I'm going to miss my flight. I'm going to this, I'm going to that. And that inner child came up. I had a situation and y'all just bear with me because I'm going to tell this story. Oh yes. I remember it well because I paid $486 for this ticket. It was going to be my first Broadway show. I still, to this day, have not gone to a Broadway show, although I paid for one. Yes, Lynn manuel uh, Mer- 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 oh, Lord. Anyway, y'all know the guy uh, for Hamilton. It He had just said that he was going to be... Um, uh, closing down his, you know, part. He was not going to be acting as Hamilton anymore. And I sacrificed, saved up to get um, to, uh, on one of, it was a Thursday, I'll never forget. It, uh, it was a Thursday. And um, I saved up to go to his play because I wanted to see him in it. And I chose that Thursday. I paid for the ticket. It hurt, y'all. It hurt. But I paid for the ticket. I got, um, my airline ticket. And I went on and decided to go to a writer's conference that was going to be starting Friday night. So I was like, you know what, I'm not going to just come in, I'll, you know, do a few things. And so I was going to go on on Thursday to the Broadway play. Then on Friday, I'd sign up and Saturday through uh, Tuesday, I would be there for this conference. And you guys, it was when, um, and I'm gonna call them out. Delta Airlines had this, I don't know what happened. Somebody said it was probably ransomware or something, but their system went dark, totally dark. And, um, they ended up canceling my flight. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. And then I asked if I could get on an earlier flight. And I was going to try to figure out if I could stay with someone until my hotel became available and all this kind of stuff. And uh, only to find out, I was supposed to leave out like first thing Thursday morning. And then they were like, well, we can put you on the noon flight. I was like, okay, because that was still going to get me there at around two-ish. And I would still have time to check in and get there. The long story is I ended up sitting on the tarmac in LaGuardia for six hours. Yeah. By the time I got uh, off the plane and into the airport, um, 
the play had been going on for about 36 minutes and I was hot. I was so frustrated. And all while I was on the plane, I was trying to tell Facebook and anyone who could listen about my ordeal and how I wanted my money back. And, and the only reason why I wasn't doing video and, and stuff at the time is because, um, my phone was dying and I didn't have my, uh, charger out. It was packed. I was, I mean, Oh, I was so frustrated and my inner child showed out. Oh yes. I mean, and when I say it showed out, people were laughing and, and I had some people like, Oh, we're so sorry. And then somebody was like, Oh, it's so good. And they actually started singing the songs. And I was just like, how dare you? Because this was my chance to go in and, and see something that I really wanted. And because I was being denied, it triggered my inner child of being denied when I've done everything I can, of being no when I have gotten and jumped through all the hoops that you said you wanted me to jump through. And it was just really hard. It was very hard because I uh, was so close. I was sitting there looking at the terminal, but because of all the backups and, oh, and it was, um, no, it wasn't bad weather, but all the backups, we were sitting there on the tarmac. Uh, we didn't have a slot to park the, um, the plane. And I was just like watching it crumble. (laughs) I was so got off with, I talked to Delta and all they did was gave me like a voucher for $200. And I was like, that's, that's not even what I paid for, the ticket, let alone, you know, my ticket to the, to the show. So Lynn Manuel, if you are listening, if you ever hear this, I never got a chance to see Hamilton because with you starring in it. And I sat on the tarmac as you sang your heart out. And I actually now am triggered every time I hear anything about Hamilton, because no, I don't want to see the traveling show. I wanted to see the original. I did everything I could to see the original. And you guys, I did not have a great time in New York. And I was staying right down in Manhattan. And I had a little bit of an attitude during my entire conference because I was salty about the whole Hamilton thing. And I had to go back and look at it um, and try to make peace with it. Because when I say I was upset, I was upset. (laughs) And um, it was not good. And I did not want to be that person who fell into that, you know, always complaining to anybody who will listen kind of thing. And it went back to understanding that maybe my programming was a little on the fritz, you know? And, um, because if anything, I should know better. And I looked back and I was like, wow, I was cognitively committed <laughs> to the illustration that I could be in total control of this. And yes, I should have when I found out about uh the system going dark, I should have tried to sell my ticket that morning. Uh, But I was so interested in trying to go. And that was the only time I was going to be able to go when he was still uh, in the lead. And that was the only time I was, yeah. So I was just like, I was salty about it. But stepping back from it now, 
and having gotten some wisdoms about it, I had to realize that my inner child uh, was driving a lot of this uh, because one of the things that you can count on that will get your inner child going and triggered is denial. When you are denied something that you were expecting to get, that is another time that you can almost guarantee that your internal programming is on the fritz and you are being totally driven by your lower uh, lower brain. You are totally being driven by that part of you that wants to survive and thrive and that wants to have or regain your power. And so, yes, as I'm looking at this being our Black Friday where, you know, retailers are doing what they do and stuff, it 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 almost makes me want to say please be be mindful because there are there are there have been many um Black Fridays where people have gotten into scuffles and fights because of uh, the stores bringing them in. It's not switch. Uh, it's not bait and switch because that's illegal. But they'll advertise uh, electronic for a really good price, only to then have not enough to fulfill the demands, and thus people start fighting over it because, of course, somebody is going to come in and they're going to try to do things like. Um, buy up all of them for them and their friends and and you're sitting there you're not sitting you're standing there like I'm right here and I I need one of those you need to get those 10 TVs out of your buggy you know that kind of thing and like I said it's the inner child it's the uh, irrationality that we come programmed with it's the hyper vigilance to to think that uh you have to be on guard like you're going into battle. And another thing with the hypervigilance that I want to say before we close out is that watch yourself. If you think everyone is either watching you or out to get you, step back because nine times out of 10, people are only thinking about themselves. They're thinking about what's happening with them. You've got to really be doing something for them to take their minds off of themselves. And at that time, you only get a few moments of their time as well. So, as we're coming to a close, yes, my time is really up. I want you to understand that you need to be on the lookout and you need to run your run yourself through uh, your monitoring systems to make sure that you're not acting irrationally and you're not being triggered. And if you are, just simply realizing what's happening will help to snap you out of that and return you back to the front part of the higher part of your brain where logic resides and you can act logically. All right. So I want y'all to have a rest of your weekend. Thank you guys so much. And yeah, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This is Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Don't forget to check the show notes and use our Amazon link. I will see you later. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, 
please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.